0: It just says, I quit. Family and friends uh, of Ken, but especially Shirley, Roger, Dale, Randy, Steve. God's comfort be with you. Ken Kling. Ken passed away Monday, June 24, 2019, at the Allegan County Medical Care Community. He was born June 16, 1932, in Plainwell, the son of William and Rose Kling. Ken worked at Rockwell International for 36 years. After his retirement, he went to work at Boylan Sales for 16 years. He enjoyed antique cars, especially Ford Falcons, going to car shows and swap meets, working in the woods, cutting wood, and camping at Schnabel Lake for 16 years. Ken was a member of Peace in Otsego on June 13, 1975. He made married Shirley, who also survives him. Surviving are his children, Randy, Roger, Kling, Dale, Kling, stepson, Stephen, seven grandchildren, seven step-grandchildren, several great-grandchildren, along with many nieces and nephews. He was preceded in death by his parents, brothers, William and Arthur Kling, his sisters, Myr- Myrtle, Borton, Bolton, Loretta, Harder. Normal Bolton, and Crystal Somerville, and by his stepson, James. According to his wishes, he has been cremated. Friends may visit with Ken's family starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday, July 20th, until the time of a memorial service at 11 a.m. And a private burial of ashes will take place for the family at Mountain Home Cemetery in Otsego. I have to admit that I don't know Ken that well, but what I do know of him uh, is that he was a, a man who, I think you could say, enjoyed many of the simple pleasures of life. Not that that's in any way uh, a bad thing. The last few years, uh, he enjoyed ice cream quite a bit. There was a almost nightly trip to uh, one of the local ice cream shops, uh, Shirley would always tell me. Uh, he also liked lots of varieties of of little chocolates. I don't know if you've ever been to the Kling House lately, but there were plenty of little chocolates around. Ken obviously liked cars. Maybe not a simple pleasure, but uh, one of those plain things of life. He liked kids. Uh, he taught Sunday school for many years. I'm not quite sure how many, and uh, he would let me do fun kids songs for church, and he he was okay with that. And of course, Ken loved the love of his life, surely. What do you remember of Ken's loves in life? Those are good things to think about, aren't they? What are the loves of Ken? What are the loves of all of us? This morning, God wants us to be filled with love, the love that heals and gives us hope. As we remember the life and the the service and then the victory that Jesus gave to Ken. Now, what God says here this morning in in his word for us, it starts out with a, a pretty strong point. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Now, That's what he's telling us there, right, is the the source of love. What's the the source of love? Love comes from God, which means to us that love doesn't come from the thing we love, but from us, from the one doing the loving. Now, in many ways in our lives, we agree with John. Uh, Ken loved ice cream. Ken loved cars. Ken loved his wife. All of those loves are the same, but those loves came from Ken. Uh, and yet, you, you, know, this is, you know how much better, how much different than this, than so much of life this actually is. Because very often, we end up saying, well, I love ice cream, but really it's the ice cream that's good, and that's why I love it. And I love cars because the car actually runs and I don't have to keep constantly fixing it and maintaining it, or in the case of antique cars, I get to restore it and it's a beautiful thing when it's done and it's so much better than my 1999 rust bucket of a truck that's sitting out in the parking lot and I don't want to deal with, right? We, and then we, we actually quite often love things, not because it's coming from us, but because it's coming from the thing that we love. Uh, And we even extend that to people, don't we? We say, I've fallen out of love with that person. and Kind of put it on the person for love. And and right now, don't we feel this very acutely, that that love comes from the source of love? Uh, Because right now, we don't feel Ken's love anymore. And that's a, a tough thing. Right, the smiles that he used to give to you, to me, to cheer us on, the, the affection, the care, the concern, the spirit that he had that could bind his family and other people together, all of those things, the way he showed love, the mercy, the affection, they're all they're all gone. And that love that comes from the person doing the loving is is gone for us. We feel that. It's it's so much better than the way we often say when we when we say, you know, That person doesn't love me anymore, so why should I love you? And putting the responsibility for love to come from somebody else. You know, the first thing that we have to know about love is the source of love. It comes from the one doing the loving. But John wants to say more than even this to you and to me this morning so that he can heal our hearts with with literal love. He also says that everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, doesn't he? He says that. And what he's saying here is even more than just the source of love comes from the one doing the loving. He's also saying here that if you're gonna truly love somebody, you need to know God. You need to accept the love that God has shown for you and then you can finally have love for somebody else. He's saying that if you believe Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord, and you receive that love, then you have love to share with somebody else. But if you don't believe that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, then you're you're gonna be short on love. And and probably a number of you are already saying, but I know a lot of people who don't believe in Jesus uh, that are, are very loving. And I know a lot of people who say they believe in Jesus who really aren't that loving. I mean, think about all of the people, for example, who get divorced even though they say they believe. How can that be how can that be loving? I want to just give you a couple examples and, and say, no, I think, you know, I think John is really right when he says that everyone who has born been born of God loves. And if anyone loves, they have been born of God. Sacrifice. Sacrifice is a a big way people love, isn't it? That's how we often show love to one another. Right now, um, I know of two young men who have set aside huge chunks of time from their lives to take care of a woman who is homeless, they've helped run her to uh, work meetings or appointments so that she can try to get a job they've made calls for her and they've sat on hold for hours with her talking to the county and uh, to other services so that she can get some aid and some assistance they've they paid for food for her out of their own pocket and this is all after her own family took her home will let her couch surf for a night or two but can't find a place for her to stay in their homes. And I'm not sure if I would go, want to go so far as to say that the family doesn't believe in, in Jesus, but they certainly don't live out a Christian life. Two Christian young men, though, have set aside a huge t- chunk of their lives to love this woman, to sacrifice for her. What about faithfulness? You know, faithfulness is a way that we show love, isn't it? And, and, and Ken showed a lot of faithfulness to his church, to the tasks that he had, to his wife. Um, a lot of people notice that Christians seem to get divorced just as much as non-Christians. Does that mean that they, they don't love? You know, uh, statistically, actually, practicing Christians Christians who, who come to church, Christians who pray with their spouses, Christians who share in the Bible and discuss the Bible with others, they are 35% less to uh, likely to, to get a, a divorce. Here's the, the quote from uh, a University of Virginia professor. He says, the active conservative Protestants who regularly attend church are 35% less likely to divorce compared to those who have no affiliation. Knowing God, knowing God's love, makes a difference uh, in faithfulness. What about showing mercy? Mercy is a huge way to show love to somebody else. Mercy is showing undeserved concern, right? Somebody doesn't have any needs Any reason within them to justify the concern, and yet we still show them love. You know, the the emperor, you know what made the difference for early Christians? The emperor uh, Julian, he noticed about the early Christians. He said that amongst the early Christians, there was not a single person who was in need. He said there was no beggars, and that the godless, the the Galileans, care not only for their poor, but for ours as well, while those who belong to the unbelievers, they look in vain for the help that we should render them. What he's saying is that the early Christians distinguished themselves incredibly by their care for the poor and the needy. What I'm getting at across the board is that, well, there's lots of little ways that having faith in Jesus makes a difference to the love that you have for the people around you, for the love that you have for one another. This is what happens when you get how incredible, how beautiful, how wonderful it really is that God sent his one and only son to die for you and for me. That's what John is telling us. He's saying that when, when you get how wonderful and how amazing it is that Jesus Christ gave up his life, that makes all the difference for your life. That's how you heal your heart. That's how you get hope again for the sad times and that is how you discover, how you discover again joy for the future. You know how this, how this works, right? How God can say the gift of his one and only son brings true love for you and, and for me. What God is saying is that because of Jesus He looks at you and and he accepts you, he he receives you, he welcomes you just as you are. You know, the the Kling family, like all the rest of us, right, has its share of struggles and trials and problems, things that cause conflict and issues, and all of those things make life hard for you just as they do for all of, of us. And you know that somebody really loves you, like God loves you, when he looks at at you and he sees all of that stuff, he sees exactly what's going on. And he still says, I accept you. I approve of you. I don't accept all the things that you're doing or all the things that are happening, but I accept you and I want you as my my very own. And we can't do things like that. We, We can't, can we? If you've got a somebody in your family who is causing huge issues huge troubles and and making problems we can't accept that person around anymore but God can how can he do that you know the easiest way to to show it is is very simply with with two male connectors I think we all know that men are are more likely than anybody else to to cause problems right um, so it's a good thing that we got two male connectors here but You know, if you try to take two male connectors and you stick these two together, you can never do it. The only way is to to change one of them. But what God is saying to you and to me when he says that he sent Jesus Christ to love us is is he's saying that he has sent somebody who fits in between the two of us. He sent somebody... That fits in between the two of us so that we really can come together. That's what Jesus is. He's the the connection between you and God, and he makes it okay for God to say to you, I accept you, I approve of you, and I want you to be around. And today, as we we remember Ken, and we think of the great life that he lived and the the trials, but also the joys that he brings to us. He's the example for us that that really is the way that God works. One of the last times I got to visit with Ken, I got to look at him and say, you know, Ken, what do you think about Jesus? And he said to me, I believe Jesus died for my sins and he's coming again for me. It wasn't about him. God didn't accept him and love him because he had done such great things in his life. God accepted him and loved him because of what Jesus had done for him. And he was, he was confident that at the end of his days, he would get to be with Jesus. And I'm sure that's what, where he is now. And that same love of God is the love that God that wants you to, to accept and to receive and to know. And when you know that love, you can love one another. I can't promise you that that it will always be easy. But I can promise you that as you accept that love, you will know real love. You'll have that hope, that healing, that joy of true love. And as we remember Ken, I can't think of any better way to get love in Jesus name. Amen. Let's take